This is exactly right. I'm all fired up. I'm all fired up. I, I got a pretty good feeling about this episode, Scotty. Me too. Me too. Here it is. This is mm. perhaps, perhaps mm. the most bananas headline that has ever been written. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm ready. I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Help me, Jesus. Snake falls out of sky, lands on woman, then both attacked by a hawk. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds good enough to sink my teeth into on a brand new episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am looking at a very dapper London gentleman, Scotty Landis. Yes, Landis. that's right. And live from London to tape, I am looking at uh, my favorite dude in the whole world, Kurt Brownoller. How you doing, dude? I'm very, very good. Um, I think we have exciting news to announce. Let it um, rip. First off, of course... Um, mm. Come on out. If you still come haven't gotten tickets, uh, Cleveland, the 30th, I'm, August 30th, I'm there. Uh, I'm laughing. Brooklyn, August 31st, I'm there. LOL. Worcester, September 1st, I'm there. Then I of burst out laughing. Then, of course, we're in Raleigh. And, of course, we're in Atlanta doing the Bananas podcast. That's true. All right. And we don't have a ton of tickets left for either one of those shows. They're going pretty good. And that's September 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Mm. I'm doing stand-up as well. But we would love to announce, I think, a tour Mm. that has been a long time in the making. Correct. November 11th, we're in Richmond, Virginia, folks, at the Mm -hmm. Funny Bone. Afternoon show. Delightful. Also, I just found out the day... Of Richmond's half marathon. <laughs> Run your asses right to Bananas Live. Uh, and my best friend who lives in Richmond, who is the reason that I wanted to do a show in Richmond, is running the half marathon and then has a wedding directly after it. So we will oh, not see him at all. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. Second date. Mm. Now, this is the biggest one, right, Scott? This is the big one. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, Maryland. It's coming home. November 12th. That's a Sunday. It's coming home. 6 mm. p.m. at the Auto Bar, the legendary the bar. punk rock bar of, oh, yeah. of uh, that was still existed when I was lived in Baltimore in the 90s. Uh, oh, yeah. We love the Auto Bar. And also that day, mm. we are, we think, fingers crossed, Scotty. We don't have a 100% confirmation, but I would say we are 87% of the way there. That we will screen the IMAX Beavers at the Maryland Mm. Science Center. Beavers are coming back to Baltimore. The Banana Boys finally did it. Only took 18 months, but it (laughs) seems like the Banana Boys brought Beavers back to Baltimore. Finally. Finally. And so then, that'll be like a daytime-ish show that you can bring your kids to. That one, the we're beavers, not going to be all yeah. rowdied up. Yeah, beavers, you can bring the whole fam. 
Uh, it's family friendly. I mean, you're going to see the the whole entire life cycle of beavers, so it's your decision. There but are then, the beaver's bone in Baltimore. Beaver's bone. The Beaver's Bone in Baltimore. But then the later show at the Auto Bar, no kids. No that, kids. that one, there's going to be some drinking, there's going to be some dirty words, and and we're going to have fun. We're going to let it all hang out. Such a good time. And then, of course, of course, mm. topping it off, the cherry on the Sunday that wow. is that weekend, Monday night, Brooklyn at the Bell House, a very we'll special back. bananas. We're back at the Bell House. And maybe we'll find a guest for that one. We don't have one yet, but New York... There's some funny people in New York. There's a chance. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, we'll see if we can find a couple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was our longest announcements intro yes. ever. But I don't care because that mini tour, that mid-Atlantic mini tour, we already have a poster. An artist named Smeesh is making us a poster. So it's wow, going to be great. That's exciting. Um, Scotty, you're in London. I'm in London. I got here two days ago. It's been 80 degrees and sunny both days. That's always how it is in London. It is. I love the weather in London. I have a great tan going, shorts and t-shirt weather, rode a bike all day. London's where it's at. Here's what I want you to do, okay? Mm. This is is my favorite thing to do in London. You go get yourself a picnic. You get a bottle of wine. You get some cheese. You get some bread, all right? You get a little blanket. You go into Regent's Park. You throw that blanket on the ground. You open that bottle of wine. You eat that cheese. You you wash it down with bread. And you just enjoy a day in the park in London town. I, I'm going to because it's always sunny here. Um, yep. It's so warm. It's such a warm August weather here. And I understand why so many people live in this wonderful international city. It's uh, it's a, The weather here is better than Los Angeles. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty damn cool. But it's been so fun. And um, God, yeah, I love it here. It reminds me of New York. I mean, yes, it's, it does. it's obviously much more old. Oh, I, w- I was laughing today just thinking to myself, there's so many statues. There's more statues in London than in New York and mm-hmm. definitely in L.A. It's just men. You know, it's just yeah. Winston Churchill or, I don't know, all these generals and stuff throughout, kings. But on every single one of them, like yesterday was in Trafalgar Square, there's one pigeon just standing on the head <laughs> of each and every one. <laughs> And do you think do you think the pigeon knows what it's doing? Do you think no. it's, it's like has seizing no the opportunity? It has no, no idea. idea. Okay. I love that so much. It's also, also it would, Yes, go ahead. Well, also I you fly more than me especially because of all your touring. I had something on the flight over here that I've never had before what? and it kind of like it changed it made me think why this isn't the norm. In the bathrooms on the plane I was on there were windows. What? It was amazing. What? It was amazing. Was it a British there Airways a, flight? It, it was Virgin, oh, Virgin Atlantic. Whoa. But in the bathrooms, there was a regular airplane window like that would be next to your seat. So you know what that means? Sunlight pouring in. So you don't feel like you're like airplane bathrooms. Are you, so... you feel like you're doing something wrong. Yes. They're terrifying. <laughs> yes, they're terrifying. That means you they're can... Like little haunted houses. You could pee and look out the window? I looked down at the heartland of America and peed, and I was just like, "Why? This seems so easy to do. Just put another window there. Yeah. It's as safe as them being in the main cabin." But it was like it really made the whole experience go from 
you know, I, I took 20 steps out to the outhouse and it's in the yeah. middle of the night to like, hey, this isn't that disgusting after all. Yeah, it, it really does because it's all of a sudden now you have the best view in the whole world. Yeah. While you're taking a dump. That's amazing. That's what that's all you can ask for. That's all anyone's that's, ever asked for. Is the I best know. view in the world while they take a dump. Shout out Richard Branson. You figured this one out. Holy shit. Um, speaking of things flying through the air and Thank unexpected. You. Mm. Thank you. Here it is. Mm-hmm. This one was sent in by so many bananas and right. I know. I was so. going to do it too. This Good. it's the rare occurrence where you and I have the same story, but this is one of those. I mean, this is a cla- this is the perfect Scotty Landis story. Yes, um, I love it. The first time I saw it was from Amy B. So I'm giving Amy B credit for this one. I got to say Gus G because he was stoked. So Gus G, you got it in, buddy. Okay, Amy B, you got it in. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Snake falls out of sky, lands on woman, then both attacked by a hawk. Incredible. Um, this was on uh, click2houston.com. And well, that's nice. The sub, And it was written by... Somebody. Nope. Does not have a that swinging click oh, two stuff. Here it is. Oh. Andrea mm-hmm. Sladen, who oh she's good. She slays the news. Um, mm-hmm. Best in the best biz. in the biz. Uh, help me, Jesus is all Peggy Jones could think to say during the <laughs> snake hawk attack. <laughs> that is the subhead. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Here it is, Silsby, Texas. A snake fell out of the sky, landed mm. on a woman mowing her lawn, her yard. <laughs> The bizarre incident didn't stop there. Yeah, she's moving. She's on a a riding lawnmower. Oh, yeah, she was moving all right. The bizarre incident didn't stop there. Peggy Jones was then attacked by a hawk. Jones was on her tractor mowing at her home in Silsby near Beaumont on Tuesday afternoon. She described how suddenly a snake fell on her, wrapping around her arm. The snake was squeezing so hard, and I was waving my arms in the air. And then this hawk was swooping down, clawing at my arms over and over, explains Peggy Jones. I just kept saying, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) The hawk eventually ripped the snake off her arm and flew away with it. Jones thinks the hawk came down on her at least four times trying to get the snake. She said blood was everywhere. Her husband heard the commotion came running. Her arm looks incredibly upsetting. It looks so gnarly. Like, I was like... What was that hawk up to? But I mean, it was enough for like she. It, it wasn't like she was in danger of losing her arm or life no, or anything. It's just a bunch just of scratches. A bird. Just a bird, after all. I was yelling and screaming. He didn't know what I was saying. He thought I was bit by a snake. Mm. Her husband took her to the emergency room, where she was treated for cuts from the hawk and bruising from the snake squeezing on her arm. Holy shit! Uh, there was no snake bite. But she was monitored for a bite just in case. Jones also discovered how close she came to being bitten by the snake. This is crazy. Quote, yes. I discovered the lens <laughs> on my glasses was broken and there was snake venom on my glasses. So do we think it struck her in the face and it got her glasses? Yes. Isn't that wow, crazy? That's cool. that's cool. Yeah. Jones said people have told her she must be the unluckiest person alive to have a hawk and snake attack True. at the same time. She yes. says, and I love this, and this is why she is bananimal, uh, bananimal of the week, banana of the week, rather. Anything she wants to be. She says it's the opposite. Quote, mm. I feel like the luckiest person alive to have survived this exclamation point. And then, of course, this next sentence. This wasn't even her first encounter with a snake. Jones survived being bitten by a venomous snake a few years back. In case you are wondering, in true Texas tough style, Jones is wow. Texas tough style a common saying? Jones no. had already been back on the tractor. Jones had her husband walk 
beside her on the first ride back just to keep an eye out overhead. But she thinks she'll be fine next time. That's nice. so funny. This poor guy's got to look to the skies as if this was intentional. Ooh, and here's a cool thing that they did. This okay. is in um, brackets at the end. We've got to give a shout out to local community journalism. Jones was first interviewed by the Silsby Bee, a community newspaper. That's right. Her story was posted on social media, and that's where one of our producers spotted it. Nice. The Bee. I mean, this is it is a community. It is very much community. Uh, I just clicked on it, and the cover photo is Miss Silsby, and it is uh, going in ranges from very small children up to uh, probably an 18-year-old girl. Okay. And seven queens crowned at Miss Silsby pageant. So that's what's on the front page. Of the that's good. Silsby that's hard-hitting page. news. It is. That's hard-hitting best-in-the-biz news. So thank you, wow. Amy B., for sending that in. I wow. mean, Amazing. I mean, I told the story probably in 2020 about driving home at night on Ivy Mill Road. Ivy Mill uh, Road, classic. By myself, classic Maryland road. Driving, it's a reel up and down. It's one lane in each direction. No overhead lights, so it's darkness except the the light pouring from the headlights of my 1994 champagne-colored Toyota Corolla DX. Nice car. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm driving. I'm having fun. I got my high beams on. Oh, yeah. And in, you know, probably listening to G-Love and the Special Sauce. Pro- that era. Maybe Chemical Brothers, Block Rock and Beats was going Do on. Do you know that G-Love and the Special Sauce was incredibly popular in Australia? Like, I remember people still talking about it in 2008. Like, talking about, like, Special Sauce is coming through. And I'm like, are you jo- what are you talking about? <laughs> They came to Amherst College when I was at UMass, and I took my buddy Franco, and I liked G-Love a lot, G-Love and the Special Sauce, and G-Love came out so intoxicated that the drummer was yelling the lyrics to the (gasps) song, and G-Love was sitting in the front, he he would always do this thing with his legs, he would sit and play a guitar, and then he would like waggle his legs sort of in and out, like fan his legs, and he was just doing that, just like so wasted, (laughs) and the the drummer, I think is named Houseman, I think that's right, was just yelling the next line of everything and then he would say it but it was a really bad concert like he he just came for the paycheck that night or or he was just on a, a bender yeah and my buddy franco who went with me who i was like no they're good trust me you're really gonna like them after this to be one of your favorite <laughs> he just was like jokingly being like g hate the sucky not so special sauce g hate and the not so special sauce the whole way back to umass i'm like i'm sorry i probably didn't even buy the ticket it was probably a five dollar concert yeah anyways <laughs> When I was driving, listening to G-Love or Chemical Brothers or something else weird, um, a possum fell in front of my car, <gasps> went under my car, <gasps> and I went, oh, and I was about to say, and then and one second later, probably a lot like Peggy Jones, an owl swooped down, <gasps> clearly having dropped or chased the possum, full wings extended, and like belly flopped into my windshield. Oh my <laughs> and God. so I slammed on the brakes, probably doing, you know, I was a teenager, probably doing 70 miles an hour. Yeah. And I turned around and both were gone. But I, the, the owl made it and the possum just disappeared into the night. It was wow. a great escape. That is a great escape. I love that. It was so, so much. crazy though, because you know how high beams, like at least the old high beams, they had two lights that almost went vertically. Like they, yeah. like if you ever drove in the snow with your high beams on, you can kind of see the flakes like yeah. right over your hood. So these owls' wings, which were white, just flashed oh. me in the face wow. with its greatness. That's that's like a 
That's like a mystical experience. It wasn't bad. Yeah, that's amazing. Bad. I didn't scream. I probably just lowered the music on on my Alpine CD player. And uh, yeah, I couldn't find the owl and the possum got away too. So I like to think that I helped, you know, this this yeah. possum get out of there. And I, I didn't kill an owl. That's amazing. I remember I was driving Olive home from school and we were turning. Mm-hmm. We were turning. And so I just like the light. It was a, it's a, it was a, it's a turn signal. And so the, the turn signal just come on. So I was exce- slowly accelerating to make a turn. And as I did, it, it spooked a, a pigeon who was then trying to fly over the car. But we were okay. just going maybe six, seven miles an hour. And <laughs> yeah. so then we ju- just the upper left-hand corner of my windshield just like popped it. Like it was like, mm. like it made like yeah. a, that sound. And it just bunk. And I don't know if pigeons' feathers are so loosely attached to its body. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. like I'm going six miles an hour, maybe. I popped this thing, <laughs> and I'm talking a pillow of Content. pigeon feathers <laughs> went all over the car, and I just start laughing. And then the pigeon like flies up, and he's fine. And then, but he then he comes back down the other side of the car to land. And Olive and Olive's like, "What happened?" Because she's backwards at this point because she's little. And I was like, "We uh, we we kind of hit a, a a pigeon a little bit, but just a little bit." And she just started going. Ah! She started laughing and didn't stop laughing the whole time. And then for weeks, she would just be like. Papa hit a pigeon on the way home. The other day. Mm. She told everybody mm. like it was the best story ever. That's so funny. God. Well, th- that is exciting when you're a little kid. That just lets you know, like, because sometimes in your car, you feel sort of like you're in a portal, a uh-huh. safety portal. Um, here we go. I wanted to, um, I also wanted to tell you the most bananas thing that happened. Remember today, actually, when you and I did Roz Hernandez's podcast, Ghosted. Yeah. And Roz asked, if we believed in like synchronicity, right? Uh-huh. Like, just, yes. Okay. So, Strawberry and I are riding bike through Hyde Park. Yeah. And then uh, we, I mean, bobbing, weaving through the whole city, started at the Tower Bridge, went up to Large Benjamin, the clock, and then rode past, you know, Westminster Abbey around Buckingham Palace. So fun. Just like we, like, not really going anywhere in particular, but again, it's 80 degrees. It's the most beautiful weather in the world, London, England. And, get to the end of Hyde Park and I'm like I think this is where the hotel's going to be. So I hop off and I look to my left and I see my friend Hillary Staff walking to the park to see a play. What? That's our friend Matt Ingebretson, the great comedian, yeah. a good buddy of ours, his wife, his partner. What? That's who I crazy. Know very well. Who uh, and I said, "Hey Hillary, and she goes, what the hell is happening? And I go, what are you doing? She's like, what are you doing? So gave her a hug. Anyways, we're hanging out all day tomorrow because uh, past Bananimal, uh, Bananas guest Allison Fields and her husband are here too. So nice. there's going to be a big day of watching the Lady Lions, uh, the English women's national soccer team, oh, football team, if you're here. Dude, play in the World Cup. that's going to be so fun. The timing though, Kurt. To ride a bike haphazardly, and then I saw a building that I was like, I think this is on the same street. Yeah. And then to get off, start walking, and look up, and then we just made direct eye contact, and she's here by herself. She's not traveling with anybody. So she's like, I haven't seen any familiar faces in five days. She's just traveling by like, herself. Yeah, she's, she has a friend who has a flat here, and she's house-sitting or something. something That's something. awesome. But but anyways, I was like, do you want to hang out tomorrow? She's like, absolutely. It was 
in the city like this? Yeah. Crazy, man. Totally crazy. Dude. Okay. So I'm excited you're going to uh, a soccer game. What I would mm-hmm. love for you to do, they might have it there. Okay. And maybe this is only like a German thing, but um, I think they might have, it's essentially like, we've talked about it before, but it's like a like a 12 or 13 inch long baguette that they cut mm. the top off of and then mm. shove a hot dog down the middle. And then you Done. just fill it up with like uh, mustard and you, all your stuff. And please get one, take a picture, send uh, it to me. I would love that. It that will be, I'll go eat it directly outside of Buckingham Palace, just waving at oh, the king, waving at the king and just letting <laughs> him know that I'm king for that hot dog. Um, here's a England one. All Lauren right. Hoffman sent this in. Plymouth man riding an inflatable swan off of Ho, a town called Ho, H-O-E, rescued for the third time <laughs> this week. <laughs> third time. Third this time this the, week. This week. I love this. This is the Plymouth Herald written by best in the business, Elliot Ball. Oh, thank you, Elliot. That's a fun, cool last name. Uh, a man has been rescued for the third time this week after entering Plymouth Sound on an inflatable swan. The man's latest rescue took place at approximately 3:30 p.m. after port control. Oh, after port control observed the man floating by. <laughs> I love this so much. Oh, uh, the Plymouth Harbor Master Richard Allen spoke to Plymouth Live earlier today, and although he was not present at that rescue, he was able to confirm the man had been pulled safely from the water. Um, he blah blah blah. He was pulled from a minute ago. He's just been recovered. He's pulled away safely, apparently. At the time of the rescue, the man had been just off of the western side of the Plymouth Sound. So this is like north east England, like north of London and east. So, okay. Yeah, it's the ocean. He's basically going out no- northwest, eventually into the ocean. Northwest. North. East. Oh, north northeast. So it's like above. It's like above Up the to island. The right. Yeah. Okay. Ho. H-O-E. Um, it comes as a police issued a warning for people not to risk their lives by taking to sea on inflatable beds <laughs> or animals after they rescued what is to believe the same man in choppy waters on Thursday. <laughs> wow. He was, was he trying? Like, what's his story? Did they get a, did they get a quote from him? Well, they kind of do because I'm thinking... I, I'll keep going because there's this one detail coming up that just totally throws this in a whole different direction. Okay. It later emerged the man had already been rescued in the Plymouth Sound the previous day by paramedics. Recounting the second rescue, PCSO Cunningham told Plymouth Live how she and PC Chantel Wildman, great last, great full name, P- Chantel Wildman? P- okay, PC Chantel Wildman? Chantel Wildman. Oh. I mean, PC like I would. PC Chantel Wildman from Ho. PC Chantel Wildman from Ho. Oh my God, that is. And then PC stands for like private, corporate constable, maybe private constable, public, public constable. Know. We're going with okay. that. That sounds pretty good. But maybe yeah, it's I mean, politically like a correct. Coben novel, politically correct Chantel <laughs> Wildman from uh, from Ho <laughs> had been driving from along. sex worker. i've been driving uh around ho or something around oh at around 3 30 p.m when she frantically flagged down by a woman who is trying to ring 101 which i'm guessing is their 911 in the states okay 
She told the officers she had seen a man on an inflatable swan out in the sea who appeared to be having some difficulty. (laughs) Somewhat incredulous, the officers headed towards the location the woman mentioned behind the coffee shack on the hoe, which I guess is the hoe sound. Oh, I see. To find a few yards out, there was a man... Um, oh, there's a man on board the inflatable swan bobbing around in the water. That makes sense. Yeah. He's having a, a fun time. She said, this is uh, Chantel Wildman uh, said this. A couple of people were standing there watching, and sure enough, there was a man face down on inflatable swan with a tiny paddle. With a tiny paddle. So he's going somewhere. So he was going somewhere. He was going See, somewhere. I thought maybe he doesn't understand how currents work. Yeah. Uh, and just kept getting sucked so out. But no, he's maybe going he's somewhere. Maybe he's a dumb dumb. No, he's a smart dumb. And he's paddling his way out to the open sea and just continuously getting rescued. PC Wildman went through a bag uh, we found nearby and got his name from it. She began shouting his name as loud as she could to get his attention. She was bellowing, look at me and listen to me before saying she'd throw him a tow line. Uh, that they keep in every police car. That whole police department. Okay, they're ready. They don't. They're ready for any type of floating mattress, <laughs> floating alligator, a donut, a bagel, an everything bagel. That's a front float. Uh, by some miracle, he caught it, and we pulled him back in. All right, Chantel Wildman. Oh, so I we love that he in. was close. At, I love that he was close enough to be pulled back in. This sounds like a gentleman who was out for a, a float. Uh, maybe a drink and then a float. Yeah. To me, it sounds like he's got a real passion. People really don't like it in Ho if you're on a swan in the water, apparently. The he's cops the get village. called. <laughs> <laughs> when we got him in, we tried to explain the dangers of being on the water in an inflatable. We were telling him we were concerned for his safety, that these things were not meant for the sea, even at the best of times, let alone on a very windy day when the tide was really high. I told him, these things are meant for swimming pools, not the sea, exclamation point. (laughs) He was just going, no, no, it's fine. He just seemed oblivious to the dangers. We tried to reason with him, but then he deflated the swan and ran off. (laughs) Just ran ran up the steps and he was gone. Do you know how long it takes to deflate that swan? This is not a quick getaway. This is him laying on the swan while it goes like, And him like jiggling it, and then it folds over, and then he has to like unfold it a little bit, and then and then it starts coming out more. They're there for one hour, and then he runs away. Oh, the potential to drift further and further out meant we'd even called the uh, police marine launch just in case we were unable to reach him with the tow line, said PC Chantel Wildman. He's still close enough for the tow line. (laughs) Leave the man alone. He's good at what he does. Uh, The officers were left shocked at the man's behavior, but more shocks were to come. When they got back in, uh, back up the steps to their police vehicle, only to encounter a couple of paramedics who happened to be having a coffee at the Ho Cafe. Mm. PCSO Cunningham said, we were remarking about this strange incident, and they said, what? We rescued him yesterday. <laughs> he did the exact same thing yesterday. The same man and probably the same swan on the same water being bashed against the wall by waves. That's the last sentence of the article. <laughs> the same man, probably on the same swan, on the same water, being bashed against the wall by the waves. I also like, I no, I don't like. 
I love that there was no, there, so much ink was spilled about this stupid event and no one bothered to just ask the man. No, no. one found out who he was. They, yeah. They or found why his wallet. They know this. who he is. Well, they know who he is. They, uh, uh, an interview would be easy to get. Elliot Ball, media missed in the biz for this, but Lauren Hoffman, you sent in such a great story. That's a good one. It's so funny. I mean, Chantel Wildman might go on my list of great names. Oh, it's hell so, yeah. so good. Well, Scotty, oh, I am. I am so excited that you did that story because I would love to give you this headline before we take a break because it oh, feeds, yeah. it, it like dovetails with this story in such a perfect way. I'm all ears. What time is it there? What time is it? 2.22 p.m. Oh, yeah. It's 10.22 here. I'm in the future and it is looking sunny and bright. All right. Love great. that London weather. Here it is. This was sent in by Daily Chibata. Thank you, Daily Chibata. Thank you, Daily Chibata. 54 years ago. Michigan mm. man accepts $5 bet to cross Lake Michigan in a bathtub. Oh, hell yes. And it's all so about the man. It's not just about the cops. Hell yeah. Rub-a-dub-dub. We'll be back with more Bananas. Bananas. Folks, we're back. Scotty, got any shout outs? We are. We do. Yes. Carrie Marie wants to shout out Emma, who works in geriatric care and recently underwent unexpected surgery, but is kicking ass and recovering well. So get better, Emma. And thanks, Carrie Marie. Uh, Alex Gremmer wants to shout out Jackson and Christina, who just got engaged. Mm -hmm. The reason? Because we shouted out when Alex got engaged, because mm -hmm. they told us, and now it's Jackson and Christina's turn. Mm-mm-mm. Congratulations. Wherever these people live, love is in the air. It sure Way is. Way to go, guys. Uh, Rena wants to shout herself out. She had a mental breakdown in March, and it led her to make some tough but major life changes. One, she recently graduated from college at 28, feels great, and nice. found a kick-ass job. Congratulations. And she's moving out of the state next month. She's a little scared. But, Kurt, don't you think Rena's doing a great job? These are, are you big, kidding me? great decisions. Also... Going to going to another state, I don't think you best. ever regret it. It's like you get a whole new uh, perspective on life. You do. Once you get settled in, once you get that bed made the way you like it, once you take a couple showers in your bathroom and you start to feel comfortable, suddenly you're going to be making friends at this kick-ass new job. Yeah, it's all going to be blue skies for you pretty soon. Your whole life, be you've thankful. just your whole life, you've just had a North Dakota perspective. Once you're in South Dakota, everything Boom. is different. Boom. You're going to, it's going to change, you're going to, it's going to blow your mind. You're like, I didn't think things could look this way, but thanks, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. She's thankful for the peace Bananas has been giving her during these changes. Well, awesome. thank you, Rena. You rule and way to make some big changes that sound like they're heading in the great direction. And finally, Sandra Button, which I hope so is her real name. name. That is a great name. Sandra Button wants to shout out her retired parents, okay. who are Bananas, who talk about our podcast and say, you and I are such great storytellers. Aww. Their names are Cheryl and David, and she sent a photo 
of David telling Cheryl a story that he heard on Bananas earlier that day. <laughs> and David especially likes a story that you told about having to go back to the hospital to get the swaddle for Olive. Oh. That's becoming a big story for you, Curdy B. That's great. That's wonderful. Maybe I should do it in stand-up. I know. Um, I think you might need to. Cheryl and David, thanks for being retired parents and bananimals and just sound like great people. And way to go raising that Sandra Button or Sandra Button is probably how it's pronounced. That's um, all I got. Fantastic. Scott, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Boat, bath boat. I'm in. So this is from Click On Detroit, written by uh, Joseph Grau, digital news intern. Yes, yes, yes. Digital you know, good news for you. intern. Right on, Joseph. You're getting your foot in the door. You're on your way to being the best in the biz. This is a well-written article, so you did a great job. And I bet he found this doing research where the uncaring boss was like, just bring in some story ideas and maybe I'll let you write one. And he went and found yes. a daisy. I love this. Daisy. This is so good. Uh, Joseph, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. I hope you proud hear you, this. You're we're proud of you, buddy. You're proud. We're proud. Of you. you did a really nice job writing this. Fifty-four you're years a full ago, human. Michigan man accepts five-dollar bet to cross Lake Michigan in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. Subhead, yes, for real. All right, <laughs> here it is. Back in the summer yeah. of 1969, when astronauts walked it. on the moon, while the Beatles recorded their last album, and when 400,000 people watched artists like Santana, Jimi Hendrix, and Janis Joplin perform at Woodstock, a Michigan, man, sauce. <laughs> a, <laughs> a Michigan man made history in his own way. What a there you go. What a great lead. You're doing uh, great, Jeff. He didn't walk on the moon but still did what no man had done before. He traveled across Lake Michigan in a bathtub. Yeah. That's right. That yes, for real, the tub's captain was Victor Jackson, and the entire saga was explained in his book, Crossing Lake Michigan in a Bathtub, a true story. Here's how Jackson said it played out. One day, while Jackson was at work in 1969, Lake Michigan came up in conversation. His boss, Fred Benke, who Jackson Mm. called, quote, a fellow loudmouth, confidently told co-workers it takes a large boat to cross any of the Great Lakes, including Lake Michigan, which is a reasonable statement. Over 6,000 shipwrecks rest at the bottom of the Great Lakes with over 1,200 in Lake Michigan alone. How is that possible? That it's I I have been on Lake Michigan many, 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 many times. Uh, My dad lives in Michigan, and it can get it can get big. It can get big. It's crazy. Still, Jackson called Benke's claim baloney. Quote, mm-hmm. you could cross Lake Michigan in any small boat, Jackson told his boss. This is great. I, he's talking up to the boss. Yeah. Navigating on the Great Lakes is so simple that a raft of beer cans or even a bathtub, just like in the cartoons, could make it across Lake Michigan. Yep. Benke bet Jackson $5 that he could sail neither a beer can raft nor a bathtub across Lake Michigan. The two shook on it. There was a problem. The 200-pound okay. cast-iron bathtub Jackson obtained for the trip didn't actually float. Of course it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where I this ho- was going. I hope there was a moment where he brought it and just put it in the water and just watched it go straight down six feet. Oh, and then fill with water so it weighs an extra <laughs> 250 pounds. The heaviest thing in the world is a cast-iron <laughs> bathtub full of water. Over the next several months, volunteers helped Jackson modify the tub to make it lake-worthy 
using secondhand materials. A steel mm-hmm. frame surrounding the tub was built to hold four empty 30-gallon barrels, which barely kept the tub afloat. A okay. splash shield was installed at the front and sides of the tub. Radios Smart. would provide communication. Tall tub. And an outboard motor was attached to the back. Jackson, mm. this is the best part. Jackson mm. needed to face the motor to steer the tub, meaning he would face backwards, backwards <laughs> during the trip while navigating. <laughs> to compensate, he attached a mirror near the motor to see ahead. This guy like is a demolition awesome. derby driver just going in reverse right into the action. We'd uh, love to hear that. Once the vessel was built, Jackson decided to sail west from Paramarquette Lake in Michigan, which enters into Lake Michigan, to Mount. Antioch, Wisconsin, about a 60-mile distance. Mm. Jackson's father shockingly didn't want him to make the trip, suggested he just float around on the lake for some time to satisfy the bet. But to Jackson, it was Wisconsin or bust. He decided to actually cross the entire lake so no one could accuse him of using a loophole to win the bet. Jackson was ready to sail that July. First attempt, Jackson woke to a thick, Uh unexpected fog. Uh, the five-foot vessel was difficult no for ferries fog. and ships to see in the clear weather, let alone a fog that Jackson said offered 30 feet visibility. Still, Jackson began a highly publicized 60-mile voyage, 60 miles, with what a, a crowd of onlookers and reporters to see him off. Trouble began 20 feet from the dock when Jackson struggled to steer the tub several miles out. Six-foot waves threatened to capsize the tub and subject Jackson to hypothermia. Their height prevented Jackson from turning back. Quote, it was the bleakest and most harrowing moment of my life, Jackson wrote. The Coast Guard rescued Jackson, towed the bathtub back to shore. Jackson said the crew took the rescue in good humor and hoped they were joking when they mentioned shooting him for target practice if they had to rescue him again. But as Jackson returned... His father began eyeing the tub. His father's neighbor began eyeing the tub. The neighbor was Gerald Helsipin, a ship captain who sailed. This is great. This is a great movie. A ship captain who sailed Lake Michigan for over 20 years and worked for Pear Marquette and the CNO train ferries for over 25 years, according to a Michigan newspaper from 1986. Helsipin told Jackson the tub could make it across the lake under the right conditions, and that lake could be, quote, smooth as a tabletop in good weather. Mm. By August 24th, 1969, after more tests, testing and being teased Jackson and the bathtub were back at Lake Michigan this time the lake was calm the voyage uneventful that was until Jackson got halfway across the lake the radio Jackson was using to communicate with people on land for navigation began to die even though a generator on the tub's motor was supposed to keep the battery charged (laughs) Jackson decided to turn the radio off and save it in case of an emergency even though he just used it to confirm he had drifted miles off course Jackson was completely alone. Luckily, while he would, couldn't communicate with it, Jackson brought a portable radio to monitor distress signals. The portable radio had a signal meter, which when tuned to a station in Mantuoc and combined with a compass, showed him which direction to sail. Finally, wow. after 14 hours of sailing, Jackson reached his Wisconsin destination. Jackson gained fame during his bathtub saga, wrote about the numerous public appearances he made, Mm. including meeting mayors, participating in a game show. That's what you get in 1969. The brave yet self-admitted crazy man proved that even the most unsuspecting vessel can somehow cross Lake Michigan, just like in the cartoons. And yes, Benke eventually gave Jackson his $5. Wow. Yes. This is is why... It, yes. America is 
truly a puzzle. And I can say that because I've been out of the country for almost 36 hours. So <laughs> I'm feeling, I feel like I have a certain perspective that a lot of people in America right now might not have. <laughs> okay. We're not the smartest. No. N- no. Not even close. Not even. Not even probably top 10. <laughs> not <laughs> Maybe in, top 20. N- no way. Not, not- <laughs> Maybe we're the... Top maybe 30. the 21st. Maybe the 21st. We're the 21st smartest country in the world, but maybe not. But <laughs> but what we do have yes. is a large faction of our country. If you say it cannot be done, yes. they will do it. And yes. they and this kid for $5 in a tub how, three times, four times, it is something <laughs> in us, and it, I don't know... If it was just because the people who escaped to to go to America, that everybody that fled there had, they're the, the type of psychopath that just wants things to be different in their own way. They're yeah. stubborn. I don't know what it is. Or it's but like it's it, not surprising. This it, story is not surprising. It is almost an and we have a, a, a national, undeserved, high level of self confidence. Unbelievable, unbelievable confidence. confidence that from all from our track record across the board, we should not have. Absolutely not. <laughs> so fallible. But it's also why our comedy, our best comedy, are confident idiots. It's the Homer yes. Simpsons. Yep. It's Steve Martin and Jerk. It's pretty much every Melissa McCarthy movie. It's Deadpool. It's like if you are, I can do it, and then they pull the rug out from under you. It is because it's quintessentially American that if you say, "I bet you five dollars you can't do something," they're go- somebody's going to do it. Yeah, it's the craziest thing, and it's it's so entertaining when used in the right direction. It's so horrible when it's placed on the wrong direction. But man, I love this. That guy's probably older than us now, right? Sixty nine. Yeah. So yeah, he's way older than us. Oh yeah. Uh, Man, I hope he's still out there. Good for him. I, I hope do. he framed that $5 bill or shoved it directly up his boss's uh, derriere. I think it's a great... I think it would be a great movie. Obviously, Indy. Obviously, yeah, a beautiful Yeah, you gotta have Indy. some heartache in there. Yeah. Susan Sarandon's dying in Wisconsin. She says, I'll hold on if you're coming. And he says, I'm coming. And then he reverse ah! boats across Lake Michigan. Reverse and there boats! In time. <laughs> Just him going backwards is so fucking funny. It's so funny. Just in the dumbest vehicle, driving backwards. The dumbest way you could drive the boat. And what's the name of the town? Parakeet? Paramarquette Lake is where he's from. Paramarquette. So it's like, if that town didn't put that bath boat with a generator and a motor and all that stuff in a museum, in a glass thing, that you, if it's not a roadside attraction... Every mayor's scent should be fired immediately 100%, after getting elected. 100%. The middle of Pear Marquette, the middle of the town, should have a goddamn bathtub, bronze yeah. sculpture. Yeah. Bigger than, I'm talking David size, bigger than life. One, one and, and a, one third size life. With this gentleman sitting backwards, yes. maybe a fountain spewing water from where the motor was. Come on now, Scotty. Now you nailed it. Now, you, now, now I'm actually wanting to raise money to make this happen. Can we do yeah, that? We could try. I mean, I think we could definitely get in touch with that mayor. Those people get like two emails a day and it's always like Sally Jenkins wants a speed bump on Main Street. So if we call and we go, hey, it's time you build a statue for your greatest hero. I have family in Michigan. I think we can get this done. You know what? 
I'm saying it right now. Let's do it. I'm going to get it done. We're going to get it done. Even we're going to get it done. Know, we're going to, this seems like a very bananas thing. Somebody sent us a photo of the love butt today looking worn out. I think we can get a statue of a man sitting backwards in a bathtub in that town. I know the sculptor to do it. My buddy, Steve, Steve Shaheen. He's Steve a, Shaheen. He's a, he's a, he's a stone sculptor. I mean, if this was a gorgeous stone sculpture of this guy in this bathtub, just like We're he's doing a, this. a classically trained stone sculptor. Like this would be fucking mind blowing. We're doing it. All right. I'm with so excited. Permission. I'll drive a truck out there with that thing in the back, and if they don't even give us permission, we're putting that thing in Town Square. That that belongs there. I'm These so excited. It's been going on too long. We got to get this going. I am so excited. I am so so very very excited. This is this is going to be awesome. It's a artistic manifestation of what is right and wrong with America in one. It's perfect. Glorious sculpture. And also, after all of this, it would be ironic if we look it up and they already have this. <laughs> they already have it, or this guy's like a horrible <laughs> racist. And then we're it's like, just oh, a really bad guy. oh, God, he better be a good guy. <laughs> we're going to absolutely do it unless this guy's a racist or they already have one. And you can... <laughs> You and you can, can count, count on, on that. that. That's a banana's <laughs> promise. <laughs> you can count on that. Write it in banana because it's happening. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, I got one for you. All right. Um, and this one is, um, this one's nice. This one's got Good. a nice message nice. to it. Nice, all right. Um, do you remember from the first story about the hawk? Do you remember when we went to that hotel and they offered falconry? Uh, like you could get up in the morning and learn how to do falconry. And the first thing Rob said to the person was, do we get a guaranteed kill? <laughs> he said it immediately. Yeah. As soon as the guy's like, we have falconry at 10 a.m., Rob was like, do we get a guaranteed kill? And that guy was like, okay, so cabin four is kind of weird. God, that is the funniest thing to say Immediate. in the lobby. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And the two people working there were like, oh, God, these four. Um, here we go. <laughs> Lee Gervitz sent this in. Lee Gervitz has Woo-hoo! sent several Woo-hoo! good stories Woo-hoo! in. Thank Woo-hoo! you, Lee Gervitz. A couple gets married at White Castle to thank the burger chain that fed the bride when she was a homeless teenager. Dude, I love this story. I love. Did you see this one? The, I it's have so seen nice. this story. This story. This story is amazing and also mm-hmm. makes me love White Castle even more than I already do. Yeah, man. It's a it's a pretty real it's really good. It's a feel good. It's good to go out on a feel good story too. This yep. was on Upworthy, but it was everywhere, but Upworthy, they're fun. They keep it light. I love this was em. written by Aditi Bora, which is a great name too. Aditi yeah. Bora best who is Best in the biz. The best in the Bora biz. When Jamie West was a homeless teen in the 1990s, she did not dare to think beyond just getting through one more day. Of course. Hungry and lost in hope, West found a pair of loving arms in an employee at a White Castle restaurant who handed her bags of free hamburger sliders after she asked for a glass of water. <sighs> From that day onwards, whenever West was hungry, she knew where to go, and almost every White Castle had treated her the same way. That's, ins- Quote, that's amazing. It's amazing. It's so nice. It's crazy nice and it's not that hard to be this nice it was a kindness that i'll never forget she told the washington post fast forward 25 years later this year 
uh, with a fiance that she was getting married to. Wes said she knew exactly where she wanted the wedding at the White Castle in Scottsdale, Arizona, nice. about 20 miles away from where she and her fiance reside. West and her husband, Drew Schmidt, said their I do's at a medieval-themed ceremony. Yes, I mean, of course you did. Uh, God, I wish we were invited to I this. It breaks it, my it, slider. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. A medieval-themed medieval wedding at White Castle in castle. Tempe, Arizona? I mean, the most regal place in America. Scottsdale, Arizona. Ooh. Scottsdale. Where Everyone is 72 years old, yes. and every other restaurant is Italian food. And every other um, man is a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a medieval-themed ceremony that included sliders for their 150 guests, a giant burger-shaped cake, and flower girls who threw dehydrated onions instead of flower Ooh, petals. That's awesome. So good. That's so Quote, great. we've eaten here at least twice a month since they opened West said of the 2019 launch of the burger chain in Scottsdale, adding Lime. that White Castle allowed them to use the restaurant for their wedding free of charge. Dude, that's so cool. Bananimals, if you live in Phoenix or Scottsdale and you are a meat eater, go to go to the White Castle. Yeah. Just just give them some support cuz yeah. they did the right thing here. Don't go don't go two times a week. That's I'm worried about them. <laughs> yeah, that's not do not good. eat White Castle two times a week, but definitely go. At least, yeah, maybe, maybe once. Maybe a month. once that's a month. Sorry. Yeah, walk there. Not Look, when it's I love White Castle. Degrees. All right, I but we're too. all very aware of what the food is like. <laughs> you ordered a hundred White Castles once after a Halloween party in Manhattan, yeah. and we were all too drunk and high, and so everybody was just like, "Okay." And I was like, "He really wants us to enjoy these." And I just started eating, and then like my eyes were closed. I was literally like, "Just stuff them down." Curdy B bought a hundred. So far, they've somebody's eaten six of them total. <laughs> it's time to put a damage, a little dent in this pile. Anywho, You're so very nice, Scotty. I did do that, and I remember it probably keeping me pretty sober later. Yeah. Um, the duo maintained the royalty theme as West wore a bright blue and gold gown made with full skirt. Schmidt suited up in a kilt like Curdy B, topped with custom-made leather armor, which That's is amazing. Of course, of course. The happy couple wore crowns, and a tattoo artist put Celtic tattoos on their ring fingers instead of traditional wedding rings. Of course. Great wedding. Every wedding yes. wants to be non-traditional, and they're all the fucking same, yeah. and this one is so fun. If your groom is not in... Uh, an outfit that can defend against someone trying to joust him? Ooh, yes. Then you don't have a good wedding. Bad wedding. Your groom be ready for jousting. You should be ready for jousting. Steal your wife's hand? Yeah. Uh, we were so thankful that we found each other and have become each other's partners and best friends, said Schmidt, who's 57. Jamie has been through a lot of tough challenges in her life, so it was wonderful that she now has this happy place. So Jamie West, who grew up in Arizona, was put into foster care at age four and was in and out of 94 foster oh, homes. Oh, man. The foster care system is broken in this country. It's so bad. Uh, I'm sure a lot of great people are trying, but 94 foster homes. My goodness. And when I was 12 and a half, I finally got uh, had enough and climbed out of the bathroom window to run away, and I got really good at hiding. She lived in a homeless camp near Arizona State University in Tempe with other teens, and then hitchhiked down to Southern California, where she lived in a beach community. At 16, she stumbled upon a White Castle in a nameless town and asked for a glass of water. This Quote, like this woman working there said, oh, sugar, you poor thing, go get yourself cleaned up in the bathroom, Wes recalled. I went in there and cried. 
and then washed up. When I came out, they had filled these big sacks full of slider hamburgers, and they were waiting for me. Oh. She added, quote, the lady told me they were cleaning the grill, and they were going to throw everything away, and she wanted me to have them. West was so overwhelmed. West was so overwhelmed when recounting this woman, uh, she hugged the woman, grabbed the food, and ran away. Oh my God! Oh, this poor kid, this, this poor starving. Her kid. Her whole story reminds me of my one of my favorite movies growing up was Where the Day Takes You. Have you ever seen Where the Day Takes You? No, I don't know that. Where the Day Takes You is fantastic. Interesting. I'll check it out. Wes said that various White Castles across the country also treated her the same way, no matter how rough-looking she looked. Quote, I was always so grateful to them for treating me like a human being. It was a shiny spot during a very bad time. In 2019, when the fast food chain opened that new location near her home in Scotts, Arizona, Wes and Schmidt camped out in the parking lot to be the first in line to go inside. In March 2020, the couple got engaged, and in 2023, Schmidt and West were happily married at White Castle. I mean, way to go. Nice. That was that woman, amazing. The woman who worked at, the nameless woman who gave, who said, oh, sugary, poor thing, go get, and gave her, I mean, she's probably never heard a podcast, and not bananas especially, but you are a saint, lady. Good yeah, for you. That good is, for you. A little kindness can change a life. Damn, that's a great. I love that. That that lady. Isn't that, that lady's so banana of the week. Banana of the week. We have two. We can have two bananas can of the week. Two? It's our podcast. It's our podcast. We're, we're riding hot. Damn, Scotty, that made me feel so. That made good. me feel good. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you for doing this podcast with me. And I'm very excited about. I'm so excited about Pear Marquette. This is going to be. This is exciting. Pear Marquette is so excited. Baltimore Bananas Live and bringing the Beavers back. So exciting. I'm pumped. We have, a, we have a great fall rolling out before us. Uh, let's call Steve Shaheen and get him on the case. Because, yeah, we got to do a little research and get a picture of this boat. We got to find out what this boat bathtub looks like. I'm doing no research. I'm just calling Steve. He's going to start it. Even better. See, that's, that's <laughs> the Americana spirit right there. Just dive in there. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you to everyone. Thank you. Bananas. Bananas. Uh... Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.